Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, we really thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm your host, the Scouse Delight, the town drunk and the village idiot, Danny Morton. And representing with me, the Pretwell, representing the Preston Posse, he is the Lancashire Lip, wrestling newspaper's own, Daniel. Lancashire Lip. <laughs> just as we today come on here, I've just, just this minute, uh, refreshed on Twitter, and we're going to have to start with some really sad news breaking as as you join us. Um, Callum Robson has left Preston North End for a much better deal in the Premier League. Can we get your reactions on this, Dan? Did you just call Callum Robinson Callum Robson? Yeah, I didn't mean to, but if I did, I apologise. You fucking prick. Yeah, yeah, congratulations, Callum, on your move. But anyway, I'm, I'm, I don't want to talk about it. Okay, okay, well, that, that, that seems fair. Well, no, Today... I, I want to be positive, Danny, and if I start off by thinking even more about the fact Callum Robinson's moved, then, yeah. At least we're not talking about WWE today, so actually I probably won't have to shit on anything. Um, oh, no, give it time. It'll come, don't worry, don't worry. Um, so we've still got to talk about New Japan's promotion in the US, so that'll be fun. Um, today we are going to be talking about, starting with New Japan, we're going to be talking about day one of the fantastic G129 Climax. That was from Dallas. We're also going to be talking Slammiversary, Fight for the Fall and preview, and also a preview for this one's this weekend's G1. We may well get drawn off track as we go, as we tend to do. So, going to start with the G1. It was at this point that New Japan fucked me, fucked me good and proper in the bum with no lube. It's around 11 o'clock British Standard Time, and I get an email stating that New Japan Wrestle Kingdom tickets are going on sale in an hour. We were expecting it to be the next day, the Sunday. Um, We all panicked because we hadn't pooled our money. We didn't know who was buying who. We couldn't get in touch with Chris, one of the guys that was going. And it turns out that New Japan sent the email in error. And it was actually, as we anticipated, the Sunday night. So for the first part of the show, I was very much in and out because we were going back and forward, looking at Twitter, trying to get a response off New Japan. Finally, their Twitter account confirmed that it was a mistaken or erroneous email and our nerves were settled because we couldn't get, I couldn't get into the pre-sale. So that uh, scuppered my enjoyment of the, uh, the first couple of matches. So what I'll leave, lead with is Dan going over, first of all, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatonga and Tongaloa going through Rapongi uh, 3K. Thoughts on this match, Dan? It was quite a short one. Well, to be honest, Danny, I wasn't really... I, like, I was like you for this. Do you know what I mean? My head was all over the place. To be honest with you, I'm not going to lie, right? It took me the first five matches, well, first all them random tag matches, yeah? It took that for me to get over the fact that this fucking arena is half empty. And no, not the, the New Japan, WWE, I slag off WWE, don't I? I've been known to do that once or twice. But at least WWE have the common sense 
to tape over empty seats, or at least they'll dim the lights. They'll do both. They won't openly show empty seats. Now, people, Danny, will say, people will say, look, it's, yeah, it's visual. You can see it there. It, do you know what I mean? It's not the end of the world. It's still good wrestling. It is the end of the world. This is the G1. I've been looking forward to the G1 for weeks. I've been looking forward to it. It's like a huge show. I'd been, I'm going to start, Danny. I was at Bamber Bridge versus Preston watching football. I oh, no, that, hang on, no, 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 no. We, we, that deserves a podcast on its own um, because obviously that's one of the glamour games in football. I know you'll see Barcelona versus Real Madrid this season, but never, ever will you see Bamber Bridge versus who? Well, neither did we because we spent the entire game in the pub behind the goal. <laughs> so I, we didn't see anything, <laughs> basically. But what I'm saying is... So we're in the pub behind the behind the goal, yeah. And I'm there and I'd had one and a half beers. And I thought, right, if I have one more beer, I can't drive home to watch this New Japan show. So I'm sat there and I'm thinking, what should I do? What should I do? So I thought, right, New Japan, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to move aside. I'm a young man. I'm going to go out. So I drove all the way back to my house from Bamber Bridge. We left 20 minutes before kickoff, Danny. I get my clothes, my ID, because I'm a young-looking chap who still needs ID. I'm sure you remember what that feels like. Same, Um, (laughs) same. So we get to the local Weatherspoons in Preston. We are, I'm in my jeans. Actually, no, I was in shorts at this point. Great fries. No, no, they've opened up another one, the 12 ah. Terrors. The Grey Fries is where all the oldies go, all those young, young whippersnappers. We go to 12 <laughs> Tellers. So anyway, I'm, I'm sure this is what you want to hear about during the G1 review. So I'm sat in there. This is how dedicated I'm sat in there. It's pretty, it's a lively atmosphere in there. My mate, G, he sat there with a big picture of rum and coke or whatever. And I, I thought, right, I can, I've got a decision. I can either have a drink here and it means I'm out. I'm out. Or... I can go home and watch New Japan. I'm sat there, so I ordered a cappuccino while I was thinking about this, and I thought, I can go out any day of the week. Yeah, I'm going to go home and watch this New Japan show. So I left the town centre to drive all the way home after all this effort to go and watch this G1 show. That is how important this show was. And I get there, and what do I see? Empty seats. Danny, I'm going to be brutally honest, yeah? I didn't overall enjoy this show there was a lot of good wrestling on it, yeah? A lot of good wrestling. But for me, I was just, I was annoyed about the seats the entire first half of the show. Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry, it's Tanahashi Okada. The biggest match in pro wrestling. As Kevin Kelly told us, the Ali Frazier, the Rock Austin, the Tyson Lewis, whatever you want to call it, yeah? And I'm watching it, and it zooms in on Tanahashi as he's about to go for his high five, high five, high fly flow. What do I see in the background? A little of empty seats. And at this point, I just thought, you pricks. It really did annoy me. And it ruined the show for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm here to give my opinion. And I let those empty seats ruin the show. And it was a shame because it was a great atmosphere. But just tape the seats up. If you can't be bothered to tape the seats up, wrestling is partly about the visual of it all. If you're promoting, telling me the G1 is such a huge show... And I see empty seats everywhere I look. I'm sorry. You're basically telling me it's not a huge show. So, yeah, Danny, that ruined the show for me. And to be honest with you, I could barely tell you anything that happened in those tag matches because we had all the Wrestle Kingdom shenanigans with the tickets because New Japan sent out the wrong email. 
they had empty seats. I was pissed off with New Japan at this point. So I have nothing to say on any of the opening matches. But then we got to yeah, see perfect. the saviour of pro wrestling, Will Ospreay. Can I just, before we get on to that, uh, I think, I'll, to be honest with you, I thought we would discuss this at the end, but it seems now fair that you brought it up, that New Japan sold 21% of the seats in that arena. 21%. Um, now, I think it's viable, and it should, we should, because... If you listen to when Dan may have a go at WWE shows, I'm normally the one that will sit and try and put an alternative view across. And that's what I'm going to attempt to do now. Um, this show, um, the, the American team, and I, I don't know whether they're a baseball team or whatever, hockey or... They're called the Mavericks, and it's owned by Mark Cuban, who owns Axis TV. I think it's basketball, basketball though. Basketball, it, it may well be, mate. Sorry, I'm not I'm not 100%. And they uh, play and are part, partners within the American Airlines Centre. And because Access TV shows, they have the exclusive rights to New Japan in the United States. Mark Cuban has apparently invested a lot of money in this show via New Japan. This was an agreement made by New Japan office as a sweetener for Mark Cuban um, to have the first one, first day, the historic G1 in this particular arena. Um, this doesn't excuse New Japan because, as I've said, and I will continue to say, they need a promotional partner in the US. They cannot do it themselves. Um, and we talked previously about Ring of Honor, and I don't think they're the perfect partner to actually promote these US events on behalf of New Japan. But they need someone. They need somebody promoting that um, a lot better than they have been. On the back of this, um, after running a 23,000-seat arena and getting 4,800 people in Dallas, Texas, they are now doing an East Coast tour. An East Coast tour, which is where the the northeast of the United States tends to be where the more rabid or fervent wrestling fans are, and especially ones that have been starved of New Japan over the years. They've been the recipients and the supporters of a lot of the good shows that ROH put on over the years. However... New Japan have decided to run ROH venues, all of them usually less than 2,000 seats. That is the ECW Arena, or 2-300 Arena, Lowell, uh, Massachusetts, can't remember the name of the arena, and the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, very, 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 very poor strategic planning from New Japan. They really need to address this. Oh. Um, but... As I say, the reason for this show going ahead in this arena, 23,000-seat arena, was apparently as a sweetener for the amount of money invested by Mark Cuban and Access TV in New which, Japan. Which is fair enough, Danny. I'm not having a go at how little tickets no, it's sold. No. It's more the lack of effort to try and hide it. At least WWE. WWE, let's not be stupid here. I've been to SmackDowns at the MEN where there's been probably less than 4,800. Certainly the last one, there must have been. There must have been, right? Yeah, that, but yeah that was nobody, a really good nobody knew from watching that on TV because they did a good job of hiding it. 
right? Yeah. It's just, and you sent me a message, Danny. I, I know you was winding me up at the time, not like you, um, saying, oh, look at all the empty seats where the hard cam is, yeah? Right? Yeah. And I made it my effort to look where the hard cam was, which is basically opposite the stage, yeah? Right? Yeah. If you go back and look at it, Danny, it was full. Honestly, yeah, no, no. There were, I mean, there was there was definitely people there. Whereas the week before, um, and it, when Raw was there, it was it was all curtained off. So uh, why it, why did they not put the camera? If they'd have just left the hard cam in the exact same place WWE puts the hard cam, nobody would have been none the wiser because you no. wouldn't have had the empty seats. You could have just put some tape over the that say the top left corner part of the lower bowl as you're looking at it from the hard cam, pretend you're watching Raw, just to the left-hand side. You could have put some tape there, and if you'd have had the empty seats where they were, where the hard cam was, you'd have had that whole two sections of the lower bowl would have looked full, which they were. So instead, you could, there was loads of people, essentially, where the hard cam was. It was just terrible, but they have to go, it's New Japan, we've got to do what we do in Japan. Let me get this straight, you're not in Japan. You're in the Western. You're in the West side of the world, yeah? You don't have to have your camera angle pointing at the ramp, which to me is ridiculous anyway, because I like to see the faces on the crowd in the front couple of rows reacting to stuff. But anyway, that's for another day. But because it's the New Japan way of having the cameras opposite the ramp, do you know what I mean? A la Royal Rumble in MSG, whatever. Like they do at the Tokyo Dome, they went for that look. And it was just, it was a stupid decision. As I say, it really did annoy me because it affected an enjoyment of a show that I'd been looking forward to for months. So I've got that um, run out of the way with. The, re the really disappointing thing as well is the crowd were actually really hot for it. The ones that were there yeah. were really up for the thing. So we will, as you say, we leave that there. We've had our little ramp. We've had our little discussion. And we move on to, I'm going to be honest with you and just say it straight up, my favourite match of the night, Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay. Lance Archer with a shock victory. Well, it may not be considered a shock victory. He does need to win. It is his hometown. And he finished in Dallas, Texas, with the Iron Claw. Fritz Von Erich trademark. Very nice homage to uh, to the uh, the Von Erichs and Fritz especially. Dan, what did you think about this match? I loved it. This sort of like perked my mood up. I was, I was ready to self-destruct. I was ready. I was ready to get in my van, head back to the Weatherspoons. But yeah, I thought I'd wait till Lance, Lance Archer, <laughs> Will Ospreay. It was, it was a great match. It was, I think this was one of the matches, yeah. This match was actually benefited from being in front of an American crowd. Um, they were just going ape shit for this match. But what did surprise me, Danny, um, mm. when we was at some of these independent shows over WrestleMania weekend, um, Will Ospreay didn't really get the best of reactions. He I know you weren't at the WrestleCon Super Show, but he didn't really get a great reaction. You know, I mean, there was a lot of people booing, obviously, because a few people can't handle a few remarks on Twitter, aka wet cunts. But anyway, um, yeah, so I was very surprised that Will Ospreay was, he was miles more a fan favourite than Lance Archer, who was the hometown hero. I thought that Ospreay might have to do what he did for the Robbie Eagles Will Ospreay match in Australia the week before, where Ospreay sort of had to play the heel. Um, and they let Eagles play the babyface. But no, Osprey was so over. Um, just some great spots. Lance Archer really, really did 
deliver. He was great in this. I would like them to, I think they're going to do that. They need a mo- new monster in New Japan because the bad luck Farley stuff for me, it's just a bit, I, I can, I can, I'm not even going to say, be polite and say, I can take it or leave it. I can just leave it. Um, as we, the next match we'll talk about in a second. Um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a great match. I loved it. It's a match that I'd happily go back and watch. Um, I know you don't like star ratings, but I'm curious, what would you slap on it? I really enjoyed the match. I mean, that match of the night, I'd, I'd honestly give it at least four stars. Um, I, I, I enjoyed it that much. Um, and not only that, I thought Lance, or he's Lance Archer, whatever you want to call him, he, uh, he, he's been somewhat, you know, he's always been a tag team wrestler. And even when he was in CNA back in the day, he was still hugely athletically gifted for a man his size. Um, I thought that really showed in a way that I haven't seen a show for years. Will Ospreay was, say what you will about Will Ospreay, I know he pulls funny faces and I know he screams a fair bit when he's selling, which I don't think detracts from the match. Will Ospreay's ring psychology in this match was fantastic. Um, It was absolutely on point. Great match from the two of them. And as I say, I'd give it at least four stars. I may even go like a, a little bit higher than that. But um, yeah, uh, what about yourself? Yeah, I, I went four and a quarter. Um, I, I just, that's what I put on grapple anyway. Four and a quarter. And I thought I could have gone a bit higher. I, I loved the match. Loved it. Um, same can't be said for the match that followed it, though. I was just, I was getting I ready to get back in the van for the next down. one. The popcorn match, please. Um, it was, it was, it wasn't great. It was over in about ten minutes, I think. Um, bad luck, Fallay gets uh, the win over Evil. Um, it, it was chair shots. It was dribbling around. It was silly. Um, it, it was a little bit of a brawl. Bad luck, Fallay for me. He's fine playing the bouncer role um, and appearing every now and then. However, in every G one, you need losers um, and. This is what it was today. I don't think Evil's going to put any pressure on anyone during this G1. I may be, uh, I may be surprised as the, the tournament continues, but I think I can't see him scoring more than maybe four or five points uh, in the whole G1, to be honest with you. So, yeah, it was what it was. I don't think there's any more needs to be added to that, is there? No, no, nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, we move on to the next one. Again, this uh, could have been considered one of the matches of the night. Three different matches that could have been considered matches of the night here, and it all depends on your preference. Um, all very, very good. It was Sonada versus Zack Sabre Jr. Probably the best Sonada performance I've seen uh, for quite some time, I think since he faced Okada. I can't remember what events it was on um, in a singles match. Uh uh, it was um, Sonada who got the win with a fantastic, a fa- absolutely fantastic finishing section, uh, finishing segment, should I say. Uh, he outs Zack Sabre Jr. to Zack Sabre Jr. Mm, yeah. So, Danny, my, my thoughts on this, right? You get Sabre coming out. He I, I, He's so charismatic when he comes out. He's just taunting the crowd. He's just a dickhead, isn't he? Proper yeah. English dickhead. He's like me. I love him to bits. Um, he walks out, he's giving it large to the crowd, yeah, and I'm thinking, yeah, I love a bit of Sabre. And then you get Sonada, who I was listening to the podcast that you and Joe did, and Joe was saying that he is the fourth most popular wrestler in Japan. And I was yeah. listening to it, 
and I nearly spat my pint out my out of my mouth on that deck chair. I was like, what? What what do these people right? I'm not joking, Danny. The phrase dull as dishwater comes to mind when I think of Sonada. My big toe on my left foot has more charisma than he does. He he he's a good wrestler as well, which is the most frustrating thing. He's a really, really good wrestler. But when you don't have any character, you don't have any charisma. I'm just not interested in you. And unfortunately, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna finish really high in this G1 because the management management of G1 seems to think really high of him. Obviously, the people in Japan do, but for me as a personal preference, I've said this before. If he was wrestling in my if he was stood outside my front window asking me to go out for a pint with him, I'd draw the curtains. Okay. Um I do understand where you're going from. He doesn't seem to be the big deal that he is over in Japan when when it comes to a more Western audience. Um, in completely the opposite way of Tomohiro Ishii, who is very much loved over here and has been quite flatly ignored. Well, not ignored, but it always seems as a very much a lower mid-card by the Japanese fans. So... You know, there, there is cultural differences that we've got to take into account. How good was that finish, though? Uh, um, I, they had a match in Rev Pro, didn't they, um, the week before, where it was basically the same finish, but Sabre got the pin. So for me, and if you remember, I don't have, I know you, you always say your memory's not that good. Um, I, they had a match last year, and I'm sure it was in the G1, and they did the exact same finish. They've definitely had a match in New Japan, where they did the same finish, because when the finish happened, yeah, I thought, right. you've done that before. But, but, but do, doesn't that therefore add to the story? Uh, yeah. Because didn't didn't last time, didn't Zack Sabre Jr. get it? No, I, Sonada did it last time, because I remember being annoyed that Sonada had gone over Sabre. Mm. But, Daniel, don't get me wrong, I know I'm shitting on it, but it, it was a good wrestling match, weren't it? I thought, the, what happened was, I thought the opening part of the match was great, yeah? And then they just sort of, like, lost me for a bit there in the middle. Um, and then, yeah, I, yeah, just, I, I just think, I think that's, that style of match can do that as well. Um, it, it can lose you, especially because I, I think this may have been the longest, yes, yeah, second longest match on the card. Um, so, you know, we can do that. That's, that's it. The best part of this, Donny, was Sabre's line in the interview after the match. Yes, yes. That a technical wrestling match in front of an American crowd is like reading Shakespeare to a dog. And I, I was buzzing me because I, I was messaging, I, I don't know if it, it was someone I was complaining it was to. Me, anyway. I think. Was it you? I was saying these American fans, no offense to American fans, um, but I was hearing that this is Do awesome it. chance. They was good in it, though. No, they won me back in the Okada Tanahashi match, yeah? Yeah. Which was my lasting memory. So for that, I give them an applause. But I'm hearing this is awesome. And then did you see that? Get the sign with half of the head of scenery. Yeah. Half of it. Oh, and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, next time, just stay in Japan. Just stay in Japan. I won't have to see empty seats. I won't have to hear this is awesome chance. Just stay in Japan. But yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I, I, this is Danny's fault for mentioning Callum Robson at the start of the show. Mm. Uh, Sheffield United's Callum Robson. Um, so, yeah, I'll just carry on with um, The next match was um, Kenta versus oh. Kota Ibushi. And I enjoyed this match straight 
straight from the off, there was there was a rope there was a, a rope break called tie up, go back to the rope break, and it, it was as uh, Bushi and the ropes, and it looked like they were going to get a clean rope, and then fuck off, really dirty stiff slap from Kenta, just coming back to the crowd and saying, remember that. Hideo Itami, that's, that's not me. Two of the biggest kickers in wrestling, uh, the hardest kickers in wrestling, full stop. It wasn't as good as it could have been. I think there's a lot of ring uh, ring rustiness from Kenta getting back into a long match and getting back into the flow of a non-WWE style of match. But the, the, only, the only botch in the match for me was the... Unfortunately, they go to sleep at the end. And it was a win for Kenta, who gets us two points on the board. Dan, I think you've got slightly different feelings about this match to me, but I enjoyed it. Wouldn't say it was the best match, but it was still a good one for me. What did you go star ratings-wise, just so I can get your sort of, like, high, your praise of the match, your thoughts on the match overall? I'd have gone about 3.75, uh, 3 and 3 quarters. Yeah, I think that... I think that's fair enough. Um, right, now I, I've ranted, I've raved, whatever. Right, to me, I'm going to be honest, Danny, Kenta, right, he just, he, he didn't really look that much different to me, how he did how he did in NXT, yeah? He didn't really seem much different than some of his matches on TakeOver. I think he had a match against Chris Hero on a TakeOver, which was a, it was a good match. This was a good match. It was a good match, but... Um, I was a bit disappointed. I was hoping, wishing that it would be the old Kenton. But if you put your sensible head on, do you know what I mean? He's not wrestled in a while. This is his first type of match like this in, in what? Uh, when did he sign for NXT? 2014 or something. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you can't judge him just on this match. He's, he's, had three, he's basically had three months out. Yeah. His 90-day no-compete clause, I think. He's done a couple of little events where he's showed as, as an appearance, but I don't think he's done any actual wrestling. Um, so I think you have got to take that into um, yeah. into account. But as you say, as we say, it was uh, it was a good match, and hopefully we're going to see many, many more. I did think there was a for me there was a definite turn up of style from when I've seen him, especially most recently in. You know, in the uh, 205 Live, and I always thought he put in good performances, but you're still only talking about a 10-minute match. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, you know, I'm glad to see him back, hoping that he can kick on from here. It's the very first start of a very long tournament. Um, this You've got takes to give some... matches. <laughs> You've got to give him, yeah, at, at least. Um, and, you know, kick, kick him on. To the... He's not going to win this G1. Weirdly, he's been touted as one of the favourites, and I, and I cannot see any way, shape, or form he is be, being um, going to be in the, the the final stages of this event. I think come day three, he's out of this. Um, but I think it's definitely there to give him some matches, get him involved, and hopefully build up as New Japan does so well, build up stories from a tournament. Who'd have thought of that? Building storylines from competitive action. Anyway. He's going to beat Tanahashi, I think. I think he's going to beat... Ta- I think, is that his next match? Tanahashi, I think he's going to go over oh, Tanahashi. I no, I can't remember. I think he's going to beat oh. him. But yeah, I, I just didn't like the 5-4. I don't know. They, right, what they missed out with this match, they didn't have the five oh, yes, we used you to are, at the end of the match. You um, are right, Tanahashi. 
Yeah, they, they didn't have the five minutes back and forth that we're used to at the end of these New Japan matches, which is fine, really. It doesn't have to happen every time. But I, I would have liked Ibushi to have a bit more of the match. But this match was purely there to get Kenta back over as a threat. That is the only reason of this match. As usual, New Japan didn't beat around the bush. The whole point of the match was to get Kenta looking strong, and it did that. Whether it was a great match, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you can't have a great match. The purpose of the match isn't to go out there and have a five-star match. It's to tell a story like Danny just said. And they did that by having Kenta go over one of the biggest stars in the company clean, convincingly, and I think they'll probably have another match down the road. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on that, Danny. Good stuff. And that leads us right into the oh. the, the, the main event, um, another fantastic match. We're nearly 25 minutes long, and it is the absolute. The, the, I, also, I keep saying, in my honest opinion, the very, very best professional wrestler on the scene today, Kazuchika Okada, and he defeated the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi in what was another classic, classic encounter between these two. Start us off, Dan. I just thought that moment at the start of the match, that was what eluded me from this show. The moment where they're looking opposite each other in the ring and the entire arena, well, 21% of the arena rises to the feet <laughs> and just goes absolutely berserk. It gave me goosebumps. And I was, I'm not going to lie, when they were chanting the ref's name in the previous matches, I was, I, was, I was ready. I was ready to go in on these fans on this show this week. But... Uh, they evened it back up with the reception to Okada Tanahashi. They made this match as good as it could have been. Do you know what I mean? They made this match... Every, they, they just did a great job with the match, the crowd. So, for that, I forgive them for everything before it. Yeah, I just loved it. It, was, it wasn't It was like I've seen better Okada Tanahashi matches. I'm thinking of the match uh, a year ago uh, for the title. But this was just a great match. It was a, it was a match I will remember. And it is a match that I am very sad that I wasn't there live for. I'd love to be live for an Okada Tanahashi match. This just looked like great fun to be there live for. And it was a great way to cap off what was otherwise, for me, a show that I can take or leave. But, yeah. Uh, to be fair, mate, you, you, it would have been hard to get your hands on a ticket. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's um it, it was it was it was it was just a card versus Tanahashi. It was back and forth, um both going for the signature moves and the moves known so well. It was always gonna be a cards match for me. Um even in you know, even in the, the setting of the G1 climax. And that's what happened. Two points on the board for a for Okada. Um and I, talking about the crowd, and I, and I think it's a moment I can get I get drunk and I get very romantic about wrestling and the things that I've been lucky enough to experience. And at one point last week, I was very very drunk, um, and I put a tweet out and a text down previous to the tweet, and I'd said that I'm so lucky, and I, I said to, to 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 Dan, we are so lucky, we. Two working class boys from the northwest, and we saw Kazuchika Okada win the IWGP heavyweight title in Madison Square Garden. The first time a non WWE uh, company has run the garden, and how lucky were we? And it got a load of responses and a lot of very nice responses. I'll be honest with you. And I think this was, I think this was 
this crowd's drunken moment, they realised they're seeing two of the absolute greats, not only of Japanese wrestling, but of wrestling in, in general, especially in this genre and this generation. Wow. Um, they got to experience it and they showed their appreciation. So a big up for the crowd in this match as well. Yeah, yeah. It was just a great way to end the show, really. It really, really was. And, you know, speaking of... Uh, of of the of ending shows, um, I'm going to go on to the next show, um, which of the weekend, which is Slammiversary. This is the show I haven't been able to watch. Unfortunately, I've started uh, a job this week proper after doing induction training. It was my first full week to go there. I've had meetings, I've had late nights, I've had drunken nights, um, and networking events to go to. So, unfortunately, my wrestling diet has been very little this week. But you were very impressed with this with this show, mate, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll just run through Slammiversary, yeah? Is that what you want me to do? If that's, if that's okay, yeah. mate. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, so Impact Slammiversary from last Sunday. Um, there was no hype going into this show. It was nobody's talking about Impact. I've been, it's one of the things, I've been watching the pay-per-views um for probably about 18 months they've probably done what like six pay-per-views in the last 18 months or whatever um and they've all been good they've all been pretty good i've always enjoyed them but i've never really thought about them after do you know what i mean i've never thought right i'll watch impact and this show i'm gonna be honest it made me think why am i not watching impact i can stop watching something else for an hour and a half a week to give this a go because the video packages for each match as someone who hasn't watched an impact in 10 years, I don't know. I knew exactly why every match on this show was taking place because they did a great job in letting me know. The build-up video packages they showed looked exciting. It was interesting. Every match told a story, and I knew why every match was taking place. They did such an impressive job of that. Um, so, yeah, so what I did last night, Danny, I went on my Virgin um, TV guide and I set up Impact to record tonight. I believe it's on in the UK at 20 to 12, a bit of a weird start time. But as I say, Danny, this show, it was it, it was just a really, really fun show. It reminded me of, um, I was thinking about this before when I was on the uh, treadmill at the gym. I was thinking the show reminded me of um, a pay-per-view that WWE did. It was Unforgiven 2008. Um, you might remember that show for the great double main event. It was Jeff Hardy versus Triple H. And it was Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho in a ladder match. Um, two great main event matches. And this show was exactly the same. The double main event was absolutely fantastic. Um, before that, we had some real... They, they were like good matches, Danny. Do you know what I mean? They were just like fun little eight to ten minute matches. Do you know what I mean? They weren't... They didn't overstay the welcome or anything. They were just enjoyable they, they like they did what a wrestling card's supposed to do, start you off slow and build you up. And yeah. then the final four matches we got, I'm not a fan of hardcore wrestling. We got a Monsters Ball match. Um, it was, oh, a, this was a, a women's match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a women's match. And it was... I've never really been impressed by Taya Valkyrie. Um, but she was really good in this match. Um, there's, like, there's moves done. There's like... They had uh, drawing pins, thumbtacks to our American listeners. Um and they, they did curb stomps, do you know what I mean, onto the drawing pins. It was just, it was just a crazy match for like 10, 15 minutes. And it was really good fun. And they Sue followed... Young. Sue Young, somebody who's always really impressed me. 
Tire Valkyrie have been a bit up and down with because I've seen her put some great performances in. I've seen her put some not great performances in as well. Yeah, it, it, honestly, Danny, I've been harping on to everyone I've spoken to who's a wrestling fan this week to go and watch this show. Because for me, I'm going to be honest with you, and this might be like people are like what, and it's probably the most. In fact, do you know what? I'm going to be honest. It is the most I've enjoyed a wrestling show that I've watched on TV this year. I'm going to be honest. It might not have been the best. Do you know what mm. I mean? It probably wasn't better than Wrestle Kingdom. Um, it was probably better. It was definitely better than every WWE pay-per-view. But it was, do you know what I mean? Overall, for like the wrestling, probably Wrestle Kingdom was better. Probably, possibly Dominion. But I had the most fun watching this show. And I'm someone who would have happily come on here and buried TNA or Impact. I would have, I'd, nothing would have pleased me more to come on here and gone, yeah, that was shit. I won't be watching them again. But no, that was not what happened. Um, next, we had Rich Swan against John Morrison. I'm not calling him Johnny Impact, Johnny this, Johnny that. Rich Swan against John Morrison. Um, this was a really good match. Rich Swan impressed. People have their opinions of him. I, I don't really give a shit. Um, he was really good in the match the other month against Sammy Callahan. He was great in this. He, he probably got the best match from John Morrison I've seen since the Rey Mysterio match about 30 years ago. But yeah, this was a really good match. And then. Wonder, I'm wondering about, I've got to be honest with you, I've been wondering about this one because these two are two guys I really, really like. Uh, two of my, my in terms of frame and the way they work, two of my favourite types of uh, wrestlers to watch. How did this one go between Brian Cage and Michael Elgin? Hello? Rich Swan and John Morrison? That That's the two of you two? No, no, sir, I did did you lose me then? No, no, I didn't lose you. You just like sort of changed the subject. Brian Cage versus Michael Elgin. Is that what you meant? That's what I said, yeah. All right, yeah, it didn't come across that. But anyway, yeah, Brian uh, Cage. Yeah. I was just about to say, Danny, I watched this match and I, I was watching I thought, Danny would fucking love this match. It is two big, horrible bastards hitting each other. They're just kicking the shit out of each other. Michael Elgin's a great worker, by the way. A great worker. Um, he was great in this match. Brain Cage, I feel like Brain Cage is someone who he'll go for like all the fancy moves and stuff. And he did do that in this match, don't get me wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> some crazy stuff he did in this match. But I feel like Michael Elgin sort of... I watched Brain Cage against John Morrison, against Michael Oku at the Red Pro Show. And Michael Elgin just, do you know what I mean? He just controlled him. He just got a really good match out of him. It There was no botches from um, Cage like I've seen before. It was just a really, really great match. I loved this match. Brilliant match. I can't speak highly of it enough. Probably it's go about four, four and a quarter. Danny, you've got to go and watch it. Yeah, I'm definitely going to give it a watch, mate. Definitely. Yeah, and then the main event was an intergender match. Sammy Callahan versus Tessa Blanchard. I don't know what your opinion is, Danny, of intergender wrestling. A lot of people don't like it. I actually, I like it. I, I don't know why. I think it's because I don't see it often. It's something that I'll see once every couple of months. And if it works, it works. And it really did work. Tessa Blanchard, honestly, I, I was going to say she's the best. She's one of the best women's wrestlers around. And I thought to myself, but do you know what? That's a slap in her face. She's one of the best wrestlers around. I really do think that highly of her. There was just little things in this match as it's going on, Danny. And she's selling things that, do you know what I mean? She didn't need to sell, but she did sell going back to stuff that happened earlier in the match, in the angle, 
it was just it was a brilliant, brilliant match. And Impact, um, Josh Matthews on commentary did a great job of making it seem like it was a historic match. He was like, this is the first time an intergender match has main evented a pay-per-view. He was just making it out to seem huge. Um, but yeah, it was just great. Tessa Blanchard was amazing. Sammy Callahan did a great job. It was a scrap, Danny. It was a proper scrap again. You will like this match. Honestly, the double, I can't speak highly enough about the double main event. Loved it. And it, the show finishes, Danny, but the only thing I didn't like, yeah? So Sammy Callahan wins the match. And I'm going to say this to you, and you're going to think that doesn't sound like Sammy Callahan. He, after the match, so Callahan, the horrible bastard, wins. Do you know what I mean? Right? He goes back into the ring, and he sort of, like, gives Tessa the nod of approval. You know, like, and hands her his bat. And, like, shows her his respect. And I thought, no, that is not what I want from Sammy Callahan. Do you know what I mean? I wanted him to yeah. go up to her and just spit in her face and walk off. And I was like, oh, you were so close. Why did you do that? You could have just ended the show 30 seconds before. But <laughs> TNA, <laughs> Impact went back to being TNA. I don't know. But, yeah, it was. I loved it. And I am going to be watching Impact. Well, I don't know when I'm going to watch Impact. So we've got a brutal weekend ahead. But, yeah. I think we've spoken enough about Slammiversary. Mm. Go and watch it. It was a great, great pay-per-view. Right, and that leads us on to, which is going to be, what a weekend of wrestling we've got ahead yeah. of us. We've got um, so much to cram in, haven't we? Well, that's it. And we, you know, we are moving as quickly as possible on here as well. Um, so we're not going to try and bore you too much. But we have AEW, Fife of the Fallen, in Jacksonville, Florida, and Daly's Place Amphitheatre. One thing I want to comment on this card straight from the off is the amount of tag team matches that we're going to have here. I listen to Tony Khan. If you listen to any of the podcasts that he's been on recently, he wants to put a, um, a, a, a slant on wrestling where wins and losses matters. And he also wants to rebuild a tag team division, which Christ knows we've been all been crying out for. Um, we've got... Um, and I, I, I'm not. We, we all know me and Dan aren't overly fans of three-way or multi-man matches oh. or multi-team matches. However, tag team Sorry. matches coming up this week on this show: SCU Frankie Kazarian versus Scorpio Sky. Two fine, fine hands in the ring. Um, this is the Lucha Brothers of Pentagon Junior and Ray Phoenix three-way tag team match of Angelico Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. This is the Dark Order. And then, obviously, what will likely main event, Cody and Dustin versus the Young Bucks. They are, you've got, where you've got, excuse me, um, we've got four, five, six, seven tag teams. Am I my maths right there? Uh, Yes, it is. Um, Seven teams, tag teams, that they may not all be the, the top and bottom. So they may not all be the top of the profession, but they are all, Decent teams, and they're all identifiable. They've all got a gimmick that works as a tag team. That's what I'm very impressed by going into this card. Um, we've got a singles match of Shima versus Kenny Omega, Ali versus Brandy Rhodes, and Adam Page versus Kip Sabian. What is the three matches you're looking forward to the most, Ada? None of them. I'm going to be honest. I'm just looking forward to the show, to be honest. I'm still at that stage where they don't really put on matches that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see that match. I'm just happy to watch the show. Do you know what I mean? I'm still like, 
bedding into the AEW thing. So I'm just curious and I'm enjoying seeing what they're doing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Obviously, the standout matches are the Cody and Dustin versus Young Bucks match is the biggest match on the show. Um, I'm, I'm obviously I'll enjoy that. Um, yeah. The Lucha Brothers SCU SCU are someone who really impressed me recently when I've watched them. They were really I was always cold on them in ROH. Thought they were a bit old, but Christopher Daniels had a great match at one of the Ring of Honor shows at the end of last year. I think it was against it might have been against Marty. And I just thought, do you know what, this guy's still got it. And then at WrestleMania weekend, he was great on the Super Show. Um, I've been impressed with Scorpio Sky, what I've seen of him in a few of the matches, and he never really someone who stood out. So uh, I'm actually quite interested in this Lucha Brothers against SCU match. Um, yeah. Well, I think Jericho on, match. on this one, um, it's Frankie Kazarian, um, who's a, part of the, a partner in, in SCU. Um, so that's again, Chris Daniels is fantastic. Um, and what were you saying, mate? Sorry, no, I was just, just going to say Chris Jericho with a live mic. I'm hoping they do something strong to put over the Hangman Page Jericho match because, as is right now, Hangman Page, in my opinion, isn't not, I wouldn't say ready. I don't feel he's quite, mm, I don't feel like he's quite. Over I, I don't know what the word is. He's over, but I just don't feel like there's something that, that's just not there that's ready to be relied upon in the main event of a massive show. But you know, do you know what I mean? If any, I don't know. I, I don't. I know. I know, not, I know what you said. The, 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 he's he's over, but there isn't the swell of enthusiasm to push him to a title run yet from the fans. I feel you like he needed six months. Yeah. Building him up on TV, ready for his first match. I know, like they like they said all that stuff in the early stages. Oh, we don't want we um. Do you know what I mean? We want to build the company around stars like Hangman Page and stuff. But for me, I just do you know what I mean? Just put him in a lesser match, maybe, and then just have someone that you know is going to go out. If you Chris Jericho is a great choice to be the first champion. Let's get that straight. Um, he's not as over, not as over. He's not as good in the ring as he still is, but he can still have a great match. For me. You 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 just go with Kenny against Jericho in that main event, or even Moxley, just someone with a bit more experience. But hey, Hangman Page might prove. I'm not even saying he's going to prove us wrong. So I, I know he can go out there. And have I a think. Good match. I think the quality of the match, as you say, is going to be fantastic. I think what will I think it will be Jericho becomes the first champion, and I think it will add to the lineage of the, the first champion being the first undisputed champion of the modern era as well. Being someone of the ilk of Chris Jericho, when you look back 30 years from now and you see who was the first champion and you see it was Chris Jericho and you say, ah, Hall of Famer, all-round legend, Chris Jericho. So, yeah, the two things I'm looking forward to very, very much in this card, and that is Shima versus Kenny Omega, and it's seeing um, Super Smash Brothers, not Super Smash Brothers anymore, sorry. Dark they are Order. Dark Order. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing them in a competitive match. See how the gimmick goes and gets over. It's one of the more interesting uh, interesting gimmicks on AEW. Um, a little bit left of field or a little bit, you know, not what, what what the standard is. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will be fun. Angelico and Jack Evans are Angelico and Jack Evans. So well, that should be a fun match. Um, we are a bit pushed for time, so we will crack on with this and we will look forward. I want to um, go through the New Japan cards. We've got two of them coming up this weekend. 
and we'll just concentrate purely on the tournament matches if that's okay with you Dan yeah yeah we'll just what we'll do Danny because obviously we're talking about extreme rules on tomorrow's show that's for people who don't know uh, we're going to do a show tomorrow on extreme rules so make sure you stay checking out for that um, so yeah, we'll just finish off by talking through so what we're looking forward to in this G1 weekend and maybe a bit of evolve. But uh, maybe so a bit of stuff. How lucky! How lucky are we as wrestlers? Danny, I was thinking before, right? So oh, it's dangerous that Dan. Dangerous. <laughs> so this weekend, right? We've got this is just an outline of my weekend, right? We've got G1 in the morning. I've got AFC filed versus Preston at three o'clock. Yeah. Ooh. No, Callum Robinson. Right, we've got Evolve at one, which I won't be watching because I'm not watching something that's purely there. Anyway, I won't get into that. Um, We've got Fight for the Fallen, yeah, at 1am. So that's two shows on the Saturday. Three shows if you include Evolve, yeah. Then Sunday morning, you've got the G1. Sunday night, you've got Extreme Rules. Monday morning, you've got the G1 again. And I remember back in the day, I'd like, there'd be a WWE pay-per-view on on the Sunday and to like try and get me in the mood, I'd I'd watch the years before equivalent on the Saturday night. So say if Backlash two thousand and five was on on the Sunday, I'd spend my Saturday probably watching Backlash two thousand and four, two thousand three. Do you know what I mean? And now, flipping heck, can you imagine trying to do that now? You'd never have, you'd have no chance. <laughs> but yeah, so these matches coming up, Danny, um, New Japan. There's some interestingly enough. We were just talking about fight for the fallen. It's interesting that Moxley isn't on fight for the fallen. Um, he's on the G1 show. Yeah, well, I think um, I think his for the next three weeks, whatever it is, his time has got to be completely dedicated to New Japan. Yeah, the biggest biggest tournaments in, in pro wrestling. So, um, not in Dallas. <laughs> not not in fucking Dallas. No, um, Juice Robinson versus Shingo Takagi and the. Block B, these are all Block B um, matches after we had the Block A night at Dallas. So, Juice Robinson, Shingo Takagi, I can't see anything other than the Shingo win here. Um, I can't see him being getting beat by Juice Robinson after the defeat to Will Ospreay. Um, I don't see him getting beat by Juice in this match at all. What are, What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think you have Shingo win, but I am looking forward. They started the whole Riv Robinson that he was going to be more serious. He obviously cut his hair off. So I think the perfect opponent for him is Shingo. Do you know what I mean in this match? Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'd probably Shingo will win that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to look well. So the, the main thing on the show, Danny, for me, and I know that it's the match you're going to look forward to the most, Ishii versus Cobb. They teased us last week. That was a great part of the show. Yeah. It's got you. It's a bit of you, that in it. Ishii versus Cobb. We, yeah, we saw it. Yeah, we saw it in, was it in New Orleans. Um, yeah, they, they, they just like Rev Pro. Was it Rev? It was the WrestleCon Super Show. WrestleCon Super Show. Yeah, uh, that's it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Um, one thing I I mean, what we're all thinking is on the John Moxley Tai Chi match. Is Moxley gonna be cornered? By shooter, I mean, I hope so. I'm looking forward to seeing them in the tag matches. But yeah, I would, I would love, love it. Just, just so he ends when, whenever they leave any match when he's being cornered, just leave by saying the words, "Come, my friend, many sake." That killed me. 
absolutely killed them. Um, yeah, and you've got Naito versus Toriano, um, who over the years has uh, made Naito stumble and fall and, you know, lose silly matches to him. That's, I think that's going to be another another one of their, their not-so-classic matches. Um, I think probably Yano will get some kind of shady victory over Naito. Yeah, and then main event, Goto versus Jay White. Um, I'm Don't going care. with Jay White. Don't really but... care about this match. I think Jay White needs to needs to prove to himself. Did did you hear the shit he got off the crowd in Dallas? No, I was probably bitching someone on WhatsApp. Yeah, it was probably me. He he got that kind of heat where it wasn't like it it wasn't you're a baddie boo. It was we don't want you here. Go away. Um, from that crowd. Now I know Jay Wright is a bit like Marmite. People love him, people hate him, but there wasn't much love for him in Dallas, and he really needs to up his game and put in another classic performance, which he's capable of. Um, whether Haruki Goto is the man to do it with or not, I, I very much doubt. But it's not one that uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to be honest with you. So. There we next go. day is unbelievable. Looking at this, wow! I was just looking at the lineup for the next day. Obviously, we've got Lance Archer versus Farley to start us off with. But Danny, have you seen the lineup for the next day? Jesus Christ! Uh, I, it looks, it looks, yeah. It, so for I mean, all listeners, it's Osprey versus Sonada. Oh, well, fucking hell. I mean, Sonada obviously will not be the most entertaining, but the great wrestler Osprey will get a great match. Those two will have a great match. And then Okada versus Zack, Ibushi versus Evil, and Tanahashi versus Kenta. That'll be after four hours sleep, three Red Bulls. Oh. Well, this this is gonna be this is gonna be the endurance day because we'll um if you think about it, we're gonna be up Saturday morning to watch this, and then we're gonna have to stay up late Saturday night to watch Fight for the Form. Um, it's from Saturday night into Sunday morning. How and then... do you expect you to be able to be a parent when there's this going on? Do you know what I mean? It's just my look that that I'm a parent while this is going on. Why <laughs> couldn't I have been a parent in 2009 when all I had to look forward to was like Randy Orton versus Triple H once a month or something? Nothing <laughs> was going on, and now there's about ten shows a week. And oh, well, this of course you've got the Evolve show, and I'm sure. Everyone around has got little independent shows going on um, here, there, and everywhere. Go out and watch some wrestling. That's what we do. You're packed with wrestling on TV and on demand this weekend. That's it for me. Dan, have you got anything to add before we skip out here? No, not a lot, really. I'm just I'm just excited, really. It's going to be a great, great weekend. So uh, make sure, you, if you've enjoyed today's show, make sure you join us for tomorrow for our WWE Extreme rules show we didn't really want to speak about wwe today um because i don't know i was too busy burying new japan but yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> um i'm sure that's going to change because we have got a brutal schedule coming up with this g1 danny you've got absolutely no hope keeping up with the g1 with starting your new job you're just going to get me going oh danny you've got to watch this match I'll be pecking your head to watch a match and then about eight hours later like, oh danny you need to go out your way to check out this match yeah, uh, I know it's all cool, comes from a good place. I'll try and watch it definitely as much as I can. I'm really excited about it. It's I didn't get a great deal of time to watch the G1 last year. Can't remember why. Um, 
probably the World Cup was going on or something like that. Yeah, it was. But this time, um, I want to give it my best shot. Thank you very much for listening to us today. Go on. It's been a lot of non-WWE talk, but we will get back into the WWE news happenings and the Extreme Rules pay-per-view when we catch up with you tomorrow. It's If you want to give us a like and a subscribe and a follow on Twitter, you can do. Dan, our Twitter handle is... At WrestleNewsFM. At WrestleNewsFM. Don't get cocky because you'll get abused back. (laughs) And (laughs) if you will follow us on Podbean, if you follow us on iTunes and Anchor and wherever we're available, please do give us a rating and a follow and so you can get notified of each of our shows as they come on. Dan, thank you for today. Callum Robinson, it's been emotional. Here's to you, Callum Robinson. Yep, see you later, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.